house. No, the right no, house. I did it. Get we want to talk to Marilyn Hack. I'm from Canada water. Welcome to the This Had Oscar Buzz podcast, the only podcast that would leave the safety of a bunker for Hong Chow. Every week on This Had Oscar Buzz, we'll be talking about a different movie that once upon a time had lofty Academy Award aspirations, but for some reason or another, it all went wrong. The Oscar hopes died, and we're here to perform the autopsy. I'm your host, Chris File, and I'm here, as always, with my Eva Pickford, Joe Reed. You know, Chris, you sent me this outline yesterday, and I read that line, and I was like, I must have forgotten the part in Yaya Sisterhood where they mention where Eva becomes something or whatever. And I was like, where is he pulling this from this movie? I just got it. I just understood why Yaya makes sense <laughs> Listen, with Eva. We weren't and- going to be talking about this movie and for me to not take the immediate opportunity to talk about Yaya DaCosta. For you to show me the respeto to uh, refer to <laughs> me as the Yaya DaCosta to your Eva Pigford, truly. Um, uh, it means a lot. It means a lot to me. I will carve a thank you note in a pan of brownies to you, uh, Chris. <laughs> that's what I will do. <laughs> Greatest television uh, episode in history. I love it so much. Very momentous occasion for several reasons. The top of the list being, it is the return of Christina Tucker to this head Yay! Oscar buzz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what I is am... your, what would your, like, yeah, yeah moniker be? Like, uh, uh. Do they have monikers or are they just they, like, like in the, the drunk one? <laughs> yeah, well, basically, yes. Don't they all have like the, like the, um. Oh, yeah, they get like. The Witch names, of the Woods or the something Witch like of the that. Woods. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. All I don't know. I, mine would be like the Divine Sorceress of Lying Down. See? Like taking Perfect. a nap. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Empress of Naps. Yes. Yeah. Um, what a movie. <laughs> Ooh, what a film. What a Emotion. Picture. Indeed. I had seen it before. Had had Chris had you seen it before? Obviously. Oh, you had? Okay. Okay. I I was wondering whether this would be anybody's uh, first time watching this. No, I mean we're all gay here, so I feel like (laughs) (laughs) Uh Happy Pride to everyone. That's true. Uh, That's true. We're gonna give you a very gay episode for a not so gay movie, but But come on. You know, it's actually incredibly rude. I told many friends that I was doing this podcast and doing this film in particular, and they were all like, eh, on brand. And I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> okay, true, but also rude. Like, it's like, yes, uh, sure, I get it. We've made the mommy issues the brand. I understand that. It's fine. It's charming. We're all doing it with fun. Um, but for everybody to just be like, yeah, of course, that's what you chose. There's Checks this out, moving well on. <laughs> of other titles that you can do when you come back, too. Oh, I know. We I have my list. A through line. This is true. Yes. And I love a brand. So here we go. Also, in many ways, Pride Month could just be called the Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood <laughs> that we uh, 
choose to celebrate every year again and again. I felt very prideful as my housemates went to the parade and I said, I simply will be staying home to watch the device of the IS I will be staying home to watch Ellen Burstyn throw a temper tantrum and Many. Uh, Ashley Judd's ride topless in a convertible. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean honestly when I put it like that's that, my parade. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. Keep kink in pride, and by that I mean a float that's just a mid-century vehicle with Vanilla Flanagan uh, driving it. Wait, can we briefly talk about the coterie of women who play the younger versions? Like the the um, mm. the Ashley Judd era versions of the Yaya Sisterhood? Because it's all like, it's it's the, the girl from Independence Day who stares up at the alien ship and says it's so pretty. It's yes. um, the... The psychiatrist who gets killed at the very beginning of Malignant. And, oh, oh, the third woman, I remember from, like, a Seinfeld episode where, like, uh, George uh, tells her he loves her and she can't hear out of one ear. So, um so she's maybe the least like fabulous of all of them, but still my fabulous. dear, dear, dear gay friend Joe Reed. Yes, you know if I know one thing about you, <laughs> yes. you know what I know. What I know, you didn't have to look any of that up. Nope, I absolutely mm. did not. Nope, absolutely not. I, uh, I, yeah. I recognize them all on site. So, yes, that is really anyway. amazing stuff. <laughs> well, you know, can I make a confession? Can I be vulnerable with you oh. both? for a minute if you can't uh, be vulnerable sure. with us who can you be vulnerable with my god that's really uh, true very true for the first time ever i decided i'm gonna have a glass of wine with recording <gasps> wow can i be Appropriate. equally vulnerable for the first time ever i decided not to have a glass of wine while recording a <laughs> podcast because i wow. perhaps had a couple too many glasses of wine yesterday so uh, okay i understand i understand you know in this way we are both uh, we are really covering all aspects of the divine secrets of the guy you are the yin ahead. and yang of yaya mm-hmm. in this episode and yes drunk and lightly hungover right. <laughs> <laughs> and joe is the maggie smith we got him an oxygen tank that's true episode. that's true i am oh, here yeah. sucking I heard, on I oxygen it. and uh and Speaking ludicrously accented uh, Southern. <laughs> and saying pal. She says pal. pal so many times. I love that. I, I'm bringing back pal as like a, as a term of endearment. I love that. No, pal is great as the term of a uh, term of aggression. Uh, well, sure. Oh, yeah. sure. Like, what okay. the fuck you looking at, pal? Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's very kind of like uh, New England aggression. Like that, yes. Uh, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Very much, much in the way you guys is very Midwestern welcoming. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, the, and again, covering all the bases there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all over the map here. This is good. I was uh, I was very intrigued uh, that we were going to do this movie, but I am extra intrigued as to what <laughs> motivated the choice to have us watch this movie in the year of I our Lord twenty twenty. I truly have a note in my in my notes for this film that said, "Why did I do this to my friends?" <laughs> On the almost to the date twenty year anniversary of this movie, like we are we are recording this on June fifth that opened wide uh, June seventh two thousand two. So we are wow. really many of us will be celebrating the hours at the end of the year. That's true. The three of us are celebrating the twentieth anniversary of the Yaya. This is the is this is this the hours is tether? Is this uh, what mm. what mm. kind of uh, mirror version of the hours is divine secrets of the yaya sister you know there was some exec somewhere who was like you know 
Paramount and Miramax have the hours, but we've got <laughs> Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, and we're hearing great things, and we're really, we have a lot of faith in it. Some poor Warner Brothers uh, flack had to sell that to somebody, I think, at some point. Oh, and God bless them for doing it, because this movie is just so bizarre, and I it do is. think that is why I picked it, because it was such like a staple of like USA TNT when I was in high school. It was sure. just like sure, always sure. on TV. Like If yeah. I was sick, I could almost guarantee that this movie was on one of those channels, mm-hmm. and it's such a bonkers tone. It's like, is mental illness hilarious and quirky, or is it like... <laughs> deeply deeply troubling and something we should talk about the movie doesn't know and it doesn't really want to make that decision and i just figured if anybody could talk about it it would be the three of us this is a movie burrow into this this is a movie that watched fried green tomatoes on quaaludes and was like (laughs) i got it no you know what say no more I understand. I've got it. Like I'll watch this and and just sort of took that ball and ran with it. And And run it did. Yeah. <laughs> Stumble even a couple of times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with a with a with a whipping belt in hand. Um Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Um Oof. this it's so funny watching this. I remembered when I was younger, uh, my dad's cousin, who was sort of like our, uh, essentially functionally an aunt to me, um, would always sort of like be pressing uh, books onto like myself and my mother in particular. Um, she would, you know, she, knew. she would give me like <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut books or whatever, and she would give my mom these sort of like uh, beach read types. And I remember one of the books that she gave my mom to read was Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. And for like a solid year afterwards, every time we saw her, she would ask my mom, have you read Yaya Sisterhood yet? You gotta read Yaya Sisterhood. It's the best book. It's, you know, all this sort of stuff. I believe my mother never did. And, um, but that's the only reason why I knew before this uh, movie came out, I had sort of this anticipation of like, oh, right, that's the book that Karen always gave my mom. (laughs) So, um, uh, yeah. I will say I was tempted uh, as a bit to read it um, as I am <laughs> famously uh, unemployed at the moment. And I was like, oh, I could just like read it. Like I'm a fast reader. How challenging is it going to be to read really? And then I um, forgot. So I do. <laughs> but I did have that brilliant idea. And I thought it would be very funny if I sauntered in here like, well, I read the book, but I didn't think it would be funny enough to actually commit to doing it. So you know, I, don't know. I forgot. I apologize. The movie is officially based on two books. Like yes, it's, it's like a it's, series. Yeah, kind apparently. Of. Yes. Yeah, I want to know where the split is. Same. Well, it's in it's in because is there a modern day and a past book? Right. Yeah, I was wondering if like the first book is is it just like Vivi's life and then right. into like Sita's like early childhood. It would sound. It, that sounds like it would not be particularly thrilling to read the no. other book, where it's like supposed to be mystery surrounding her mother and, uh, you know, why she is the way she is. But if we already knew that as a reader, that would be weird. It would. Yeah, yeah I don't know. That's true. Again, I didn't commit to the bit, so I cannot say. <laughs> What if it was a series of like five books and like one book was the Vivi book, one was the Teensy book, one was like mm. each like each character got their own novel from uh Okay, so then I would really regret not committing to the bit cuz that actually <laughs> does sound like it would whip cuz I do want to know more about all of the rest of the Yaya we all sisters. agree 
we all agree that that Finola Flanagan's character is the best one of all of them. Right? Yeah, like, it's the one we would most want to hang out with, even though she's the only one who doesn't uh, drink in uh, the present timeline of the. When of she's thing. standing in that in that road in front of her car, and then just you know leans down to make sure it didn't get a scratch on it, she's I said that's an icon. Cool. She's why was cool. that not on the poster instead of the plane? Yeah, that's a good point. Just Finola Flanagan and her convertible. If there yeah. was ever a movie that needed character posters and didn't yes. get them. Oh my yes, God. just Maggie Smith and her oxygen tank. Boy, can you imagine a, a more like a more campily perfect thing to have in your living room than a giant poster of a character poster of Maggie Smith from Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood? Like I'm like, can I can I commission that? Like, can yes, I get? Right? I need that. Like, we all need that. Somebody I out that. there used to work at Warner Brothers or whoever they like outsourced their marketing materials to back then. Like, somebody get back to us because right now this poster that I'm looking at the like the the sunflower, the sort of everything is illuminated sunflower that doesn't really uh, go with it. I'm dissatisfied. I gotta say, like, I want I want Shirley Knight's face and have it just say Nisi. And like that's uh, that's all. <laughs> and Zendaya is Michi, and Shirley Knight is Nisi. God damn it, Chris! That's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. <laughs> sorry, <sighs> you're not that sorry. I can hear it in your voice, and I'm it's not, fine. I'm really I res- not. I genuinely respect it. Um, okay, also, apparently but- there were four of these books. I just want to let everybody know. Oh, okay. Two right. of them after the movie. Yes, Yaya's in Bloom and the Crowning Glory of Calla Lily Ponder. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Absolutely. Those two don't have Wikipedia uh, articles about them. So Be- <laughs> because of when Dixie walked, so that the crowning <laughs> glory of Calla Lily Ponder could uh, could sprint, I suppose. Bloom, yes. bloom. Yes. Yeah. We're making fun of the book, but the yes, book we are. is part of the reason why you know because it's such a popular book. The era we're talking about, mm-hmm. instant like awards prestige ahead yep. of it <laughs> before people saw this movie. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> And I also think the presence of Ellen Burstyn is part sure. of the like conversation here. It's a year after Requiem for a Dream. Two years. Also a very funny movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, two hilarious movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and we're still at that point now. We're getting into the decade where it's starting to... We're starting to wonder when Sandra Bullock is going to have that like dramatic breakthrough... Mm-hmm. Of a role, I remember um, at some point, and I think this happens with all the sort of the actresses who become known for being romantic comedy queens. That because you know, in other instances of those actresses, you know, Julia Roberts and whatnot, and and you wonder, well, what where's their Oscar nomination going to come from? Whether when's the career turn going to come where they take a dramatic uh, you know, chance on something and get nominated. And I remember this was around the time where people started to wonder about Sandra Bullock. She had the same year uh, Murder by Numbers, which was never going to be an Oscar play, but it was definitely something darker. And I mm. definitely remember when Crash came out, people being like, oh, is Sandra Bullock going to be a, like an against against type Oscar nominee where all of a sudden she's, you know, stretching herself dramatically because she's playing a, you know, unpleasant stretching person. herself dramatically 
down a set of stairs. <laughs> Stretching all the way down those stairs. Exactly, exactly. And even like like Infamous, we got to do Infamous one of these days, Chris, just to yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. talk about the parallels between that and Capote, um, where she's playing the role that Catherine Keener played and Catherine got an Keener Oscar played. nomination for. So... Yeah, and then who knew it would all come at the end of the decade when we were least expecting it, when she was kind of at her most commercial with the proposal having just happened. And then all of a sudden, people were like, oh, we can we can do this. We can make this work with the blind side. We can sort of shove this Oscar, uh, Oscar nomination and Oscar win, which... And if we had just waited, they could have given it to her for gravity. For gravity. I know. Right there. I know. If I know. we only knew. We thought she had to stretch herself all the way to Texas. She had to. She could have stretched herself all the way to space. It would have been something. I am. I am sort of always a little bit contrarian about The Blind Side, not because I think it's a good movie, but because I do sometimes feel like we undervalue the ability of movie stars to just sort of put a movie on their back and carry it over the finish line and have it you know, succeed to the degree that it does because they're such a movie star. And that's what Sandra Bullock does with that movie, like for good or ill in terms of what that movie is doing and saying and condescending to that, that movie made a lot of money. And it's pretty much just because Sandra Bullock is a goddamn star. And there are better. She things knows how to, to chew out some dialogue. Yeah. There are better she things really to does. award somebody an Oscar for, but there are definitely worse things to award somebody an Oscar for as far as I'm concerned. It was also a little bit of like, she turned that movie into the massive hit that it was and people and on the back of her biggest success with the proposal mm-hmm. and people were ready to be like, okay, we didn't appreciate her the way we should have mm-hmm. in the past because like she's good in hope floats She's amazing and while you were sleeping. Oh, yeah, she's but... so good. Oh yeah, like I mean... she's she's good in like in movies that don't deserve her. Like she's good in 28 days. She's good in I'm I'm sort of she going down the days. list of like her she's good in Forces of Nature. She's good in mm-hmm. A Time to Kill. Like I think Practical Magic's a good movie, but like she's good in that. Like it's not like uh, she's elevating a bad movie there, but like she's great in Practical Magic. Um, uh, she rocks in the net. Hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she is Angela Bennett. <laughs> she is typing things on her computer. She is ordering pizza. But 2000 Sandra Bullock is an interesting stretch where you take it from essentially miscongeniality in 2000 through mm-hmm. the blind side. So it's like these really great bookends for her. And then in the middle, it's a lot of really curious projects. It's this it's like it's highs and lows. Two week, no, two weeks notice, which is like you're giving us everything we want from Sandra Bullock. Like this is, you know, this is peak uh, Sandra Bullock. And then it's like curious stuff, like the Lake House or Infamous, or and then it's you know taking a chance on Crash and and it that movie succeeding and yet she doesn't really succeed in it in in an odd way. Like that's a strange turn of events for all that went right for Crash that it couldn't. Uh, you know, be more for her is appropriate when you watch the movie because it's like that's a really like that's not a great part of that movie, and yet like neither is Matt Dillon, and Matt Dillon got an Oscar nomination out of it. So, I mean, like, we all took a chance on Crash as a nation, and uh, it was sure a did. mistake. <laughs> you know what I discovered? You know what I discovered uh, the other day? I was looking up uh 
I believe this was on IMDb, but I could be thinking about Letterboxd. But I think it was IMDb because I was I would have been more impressed by this. That I typed in crash and the Cronenberg crash now autofills before the yeah. Paul Haggis crash. Uh. And I wonder if that's Vigo's doing after Can that he got everybody talking mm. about Crash uh, and looking up uh, what that movie was on IMDb, and now it's up a- it's up ahead. But for whatever reason, I mean, at this point, that Crash is more available than Best Picture winner Crash <laughs> well, because like go. it's Please, in Criterion. Chris, best winner pic- Picture winner Crash. Crash. <laughs> Crash. <laughs> Jack Nicholson putting up the two fingers like whoa, it's so good. Oh. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's exactly right. what that gesture is. Yeah. That's the like, gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> uh, oh, crash. But wow. I think I jumped Those... ahead of our, uh, of, of the, of the, of the train a little bit in uh, talking about Sandra Bullock. We should, uh, <laughs> it's easy to jump to Sandy. Gotta love should... Sandy B. <laughs> uh, One and only. She likes to take breaks. This was a return from a break. Yeah, what did she? What had she done right before yeah. the break, Chris? What was before the break? Miss Congeniality. I believe this is her first movie. Oh, after Miss Congeniality. There we go. Yeah, what a double check that. Huh? She moment, sort of Sandra. has. <laughs> she sort of has a career, or at least during that decade, where she would be like take a year off and then have like a bunch of movies all in the same year. Because like 2002, it's Murder by Numbers, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, Two Weeks Notice. 2009, yeah, Murder by Numbers had... might have been first. What's that? Murder by Numbers might have been first. Sure, but probably like by a matter of I would guess weeks, if nothing else. Like a else. week and a half. Like <laughs> right, yeah, like because that was definitely a she had to get the movie. Twink movie out first. <laughs> then it's the mom movie. Then it's the rom com. Listen, she did that movie, and then she dated Ryan Gosling. Like I respect the hell out of that. That is a flex <laughs> right there that I will uh, uh, definitely support. So. Should we maybe just jump to the plot description? We can get back into Ooh. the movie. Let's do it. Oh boy. This is this is gonna be quite a task for you, our guest, Christina. It really is. Uh you can only blame yourself. And that's so true. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I will go to sleep thinking about that. Very true fact. Once again, listeners, we are here to talk about the divine secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, written and directed by Callie Curry. We will get into it. Also, adapted Strange Writers Guild uh, required uh, screen credit by Mark Andrus, adapted from the novels by Rebecca Wells, starring Sandra Bullock, Ellen Burstyn, Ashley Judd, Fanula Flanagan, Shirley Knight, Maggie Smith, James Garner, Angus McFadden, and uh, Cherry Jones. Movie opened the first week of June in 2002. Happy Pride. <laughs> exactly. exactly right. Absolutely. Christina, are you ready to give the 60-second plot description of The Divine Secrets of the Aya Sisterhood? I'm going to do my damnedest. All right. In that case, your time starts now. In 1937, Louisiana, four young girls are doing like a spooky ceremony, which ends with them taking a blood oath and declaring themselves the Yaya Sisterhood. And then we cut to 90s New York, where Sandy B, a.k.a. Siddeley Walker, is talking to a reporter from Time about her childhood in a way that is shockingly unvarnished and not at all press appropriate. And unsurprisingly, (laughs) this does upset her mother, Ellen Burstyn, a.k.a. Vivi, and the two exchange passive-aggressive and aggressive-aggressive jabs at one another until finally the other Yaya sisters must go to New York to try to fix things 
things. Sita takes four sixty-something women to the loudest club slash restaurant on earth, where they drug her and drag her back to Louisiana, hoping to force a reconciliation. They show Sita's uh, Vivi's scrapbook, and there are all these flashbacks from Vivi's difficult family life to Sita's difficult family life. And then we see that Vivi had a breakdown where she like beat the crap out of her kids while out of her mind on drugs, and then she was hospitalized. And then Sita realizes her mother didn't abuse her and leave her voluntarily. And then they reconcile, and she's in the sisterhood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yay! God, you're right about that club, though, Christina. Why? She one thousand percent. <laughs> the cut to it's that so was loud. so loud. <laughs> so much. One of them said to her. Take us to the club we saw on Sex in the City, and she does. It's very kind that you for you to say one of them and not Maggie Smith said to her, <laughs> take us to the club we saw on Sex in the City, because that's absolutely who did it. Well, and the fact that she also gets roofied in that club by Maggie Smith is like, it's, it's, it's very dark. It's very, I said uh, aloud while watching it by myself, like, oh my God, right, they drug her. Yeah. And then I had to just think about like, how did they get her on a plane? So much of Sita's existence in New York in this movie feels like air quotes New York because like yes. nothing about yes. that home that she and Angus McFadden live in seems like a New York apartment. I don't know if they're supposed to live in like Westchester. God, are we going to end up talking about Westchester uh, somehow? <laughs> I'm here. We're talking about upstate New York, Apparently, baby. Apparently, <laughs> that's the theme. Um, but whatever, whatever it is, that does not feel like New York to me. In fact, watching it again, I was like, oh, right. Like, I'd totally forgotten that she was a playwright. I totally forgot that, like, that was her whole thing. I guess because every time I've ever watched this movie, I've watched it on cable and I've started watching after that very first scene. <laughs> yeah, where she's, usually like, she's already in Louisiana when in you catch the it. In Belasco and in tech or whatever. Like, yeah. and, uh, What playwright in this era is getting a Time Magazine profile? I'm Tony saying. Kushner? What plays is she I'm writing? <laughs> and this was my other note where I wrote, Sid's play has to be bad, right? Like, oh, there's god, no yeah. way it's good. Oh god, yes. <laughs> like no. even What's just it the called? set design something... was awful. <laughs> do we get the name, or are we or are we pontificating? We here? do because you see the marquee at the Belasco. That's true. That's true. Because I remember you seeing do. the Belasco marquee. It's something stupid. It is. Yeah. It's, um, it's like a glass of milk or something <laughs> in the picture. <laughs> it's the straight woman version of. That Terrence McNally play with uh, with Tyne Daly, where it was just like the masterclass. Yeah, <laughs> no, the other one that I told you about uh, more recently. Oh, right. He right, wrote about right. the, the play about the disapproving mother. Um, uh, no, God, not masterclass. That's a whole other thing. Um, but uh, I would watch Alan Burstyn in master. But yeah, the most New York thing about that was definitely we're like, where else is she going to take these women? But just like, what's on the block? <laughs> well, it's this like hip new club or whatever that she's dragging Maggie Smith's oxygen tank through. And... <laughs> They're just screaming to hear one another. <laughs> Honestly, though, that feels real. That feels like your mom and her two best friends are in town. I know that's not the real. Like, obviously, Ellen Burstyn's not part of that. But like, it's you know gay guys taking like their mom and their two aunts out to like well where are you gonna go and we're just gonna go to like flaming saddles for the night or whatever and <laughs> you're just sort of just like this is my this is my life this and is my world this Welcome is my to world it. mom like take it or leave it and of course like they're the ones having the most fun and just sort of cutting up and all of that so yeah well joe the next time you take maggie smith to flaming saddles i'm absolutely coming <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll i'll give you a heads up there'll just be a cryptic tweet maggie smith is at flaming saddles <laughs> i don't know god 
That might do her in. That might be the thing. Taylor that Swift is in pieces. It. Maggie Smith is in flaming saddles. <laughs> um, God, what an odd movie. What an it's odd, odd so movie. It's so odd. And the beginning is just so, like, trying to be so, like, jazzy and, and quippy and funny. And it yep. doesn't really work. And then it's just so dark. Like, yes. Well, the scene where... She call or or whatever. Ellen Burstyn, Vivi calls up Sita to essentially just like yell at her, or whatever. And she starts like slamming the phone mm-hmm. down on the table, whatever. Is in the trailer, and I remember it vividly, just like absolutely yes. vividly. The two of them doing that phone bit is yes mm-hmm. stamped into my mind, and that feels very like. Um, Beach literature of the time, sort of like I'm trying to avoid the term chiclet because that is a uh, it's it's diminutive and and dumb. But uh, I feel like a lot of a lot of those books had this like tempestuous relationship between mother and daughter, and they can't mm-hmm. figure it out and whatever. And that felt very like of that of that type. Um, what do we think about Ellen Burstyn in this movie as Vivi? I feel like it's not fair to say that she is like bad because i do think she is given like she's like cry alone in this kitchen now cry in this car now yell at this man now cry over here it's just like she's not given a ton to do but it is watching her is unsettling especially because ashley judd is like quite good Mm-hmm. So, Ashley like, Judd's com- going through it in this. Yeah, Ashley, Ashley Judd is, like, is the best performance. Through Ellen Burstyn got the character Bible that just said "total nightmare" on it, and that was <laughs> yeah. just sort of uh, the notes that she was given to play in this. And can we say though that Ashley Judd cast as young Ellen Burstyn is alarmingly it's good. good. It's yeah, very good. It's casting. really good casting. It's the it's best incredible. thing this movie does. It's 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 this movie's big masterstroke. Uh, it's. And it's one of those things where you wouldn't off the top of your head think that it would work that well. Mm-hmm. And yet you're like, you you see them and it's, it's, it's perfect. It's actually perfect. Yeah. Ashley it really Judd, tracks. She's so good. good. She's just She's damn good. good. She's good. In I, this. Yeah. I just think, especially those like couple scenes we get that like show that, you know, she was not always a nightmare and like very charming and charismatic and like yes. was the kind of mom that you wanted to like impress and like yep. take care of yep. the flying scene specifically and like the you know the doing the rescue at the at the lake yep i was just like man maybe more of this like would that help like i don't know what i mean i think the problem is the flashbacks are just like yeah again here we go flashing back why well, <laughs> this was towards like a little bit of a little closer to the tail end of the great sort of Ashley Judd era, where mm. which started, I always sort of peg it to start at Kiss the Girls, because Kiss the Girls was such a big financial success, and that kind of set this template for her of this like mini genre of procedural slash thriller type things where she's in kiss the girls. We did an episode long ago on Double Jeopardy, um, which she's excellent in and actually got Oscar buzz for. Um, but then it's stuff like, oh, God, Chris, we're going to be talking about Eye of the Beholder on screen draft, so I don't want to like get into that <laughs> oh. now. But um, I will say, Chris, I did watch that trailer in Chris's fault, and wow, you guys it, are brave. F Cinema Score Classic, uh, Eye of the Beholder. Um, what a weird movie. And then she's like, so like high crimes, twisted, those are all those sort of like thrillers. And then while she's doing that, she's also still doing 
rom-com slash comedy stuff like Where the Heart Is and mm-hmm. and Divine Secrets and Someone Like You. Developing a fan base, too. And then she's getting into, like, these sort of, um, like, prestige drama type things like Frida and DeLovely. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, after 2004, she doesn't have anything come out again in 2006, and then it's that double... Uh, well, Bug doesn't come out till 2007, but that's a festival thing in 06. But anyway, she's in that Sundance movie, Come Early Morning, that I remember having, like, Sundance buzz. It was the Joey Lauren Adams-directed uh, movie that played at Sundance. And I remember Ashley D- Judd got very good notices out of that festival and got very sort of early Oscar buzz out of that. And that didn't come to anything later in the year. I don't even remember what the distribution was for that movie. Right. But it did seem like this kind of return to her like acting beginnings because she was a little bit of an indie darling at first. Ruby in Paradise. Paradise. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yes, she got an indie spirit nomination long ago. And then Bug is so good, but Bug was so I mean, we'll talk about another that. Another F too, Cinema Chris. Score another movie. Another F Cinema Score movie <laughs> that that was so sort of mistreated, and I feel like it was never the same for her career after that. And and obviously, there's also now we you know have to talk about, of course, the um, the sexual assault, sexual harassment stuff that happened in her career that she came out with uh, during the Me Too era, which informs all of this as well. Yeah. But um, after that sort of one-two punch of Comerly Morning and Bug, it never really seemed... It's it's astounding the drop-off in her career after that. And it's... Really Even the movies bad. that make money, like she's in a Vin Diesel movie, she's in Olympus Has Fallen. She's the mom in the Divergent movies, which by oh, then, that yeah. felt like, that was like comeback stuff, right? That was like Remember Ashley Judd by the time those movies came out. And it was like, between Bug and the first Divergent movie, which is a span of seven, eight years, she only made like six movies. She's like, and, and none of them are major and none of them are major roles and it's like i don't know it's such a bummer because she's such a dynamic presence during that stretch run of hers where she was you know uh, making good money and and you can't help but look at that and be like you know a man would have gotten a chance to Mm -hmm. to rebound from that a man wouldn't have had his entire career nixed by two uh indie bombs you know yeah and then to well, have and your she, uh revamp from that be like a divergent movie like mm, yeah so. yeah yeah it sucks this movie is a good example i think though of one of the unique talents that she has that even very very talented performers do not possess is that she can spin silver from shit yeah mm-hmm. like she is very good in this movie um and especially when, like, the flashbacks are some of the worst portions of the movie. Just the way that it's, Ugh. like, assembled. It's so, like... Yeah, I mean, you were that talking about the mental health stuff really that it's, like, rough. That borderline flashback. offensive. Yeah. Oh, boy. Like, what? we... Just to be clear, yes, it's, you know, the 30s, but guess what? We are the good whites, and we want that to be known. Oh, and that, we're never going to talk about this again. Mm-hmm. Where the little girls <laughs> avenge the, uh, the, the housekeeper yeah, for that, yeah. the racism of the, of the other characters. Yeah, that was... <sighs> It just like doesn't fit with the rest. It's just this is again why I say this bonkers. movie watched watched Fried Green Tomatoes, but on Quaaludes, and just did not get the right 
notes from it. Like, because that's a kind of thing Yeah, that... at least Fried Green Tomatoes has secrets in the sauce. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, exactly. Cicely Tyson at least gets to, like, have some agency there and, like, uh, brains Frank Bennett over the head with a frying pan or something like that. Like, that, you know... Um, this movie tried to... I don't know, have its cake and eat it too in some certain ways. Yeah. We're, like, we're going to be incredibly like, Southern, but we're not going to have to associate ourselves with any of the ugly uh, aspects of that. Right. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. we're not like that, but like, right. absolutely, these black people still work for us and like, yes. live in our house. <laughs> Rescue our children okay. from our manic episodes. And we, and we love to uh, play that they are our best friend. Mm-hmm. This woman is my best friend. Right. And I'll just ask her for money if I need some. <laughs> like, uh, girl, read the room. Though, oh. in fairness to her, she probably could not do a ton of reading the room given the amount of drugs she was on at that time. Fair. Right. Deeply fair. Um, <sighs> yeah. But yeah, we all, I'm glad we all are on the same page in liking Ashley Judd. Of the other women in the Yaya Sisterhood, I want to sort of like go into uh, all yeah. of them. We can't. I don't think we can get too far down the road in discussing them without discussing the accent question, which (laughs) I love Maggie Smith. I love Fanola Flanagan. I think they're great actresses. Obviously, Fanola Flanagan is coming off of The Others, where she's like incredibly effective and good. And Maggie Smith whips in that movie. Maggie Smith has just been sort of reintroduced to the American public via the Harry Potter movies. Mm -hmm. So like... I get why they were this cast. This is the same year as her Oscar nomination for Gosford Park. Uh, no, uh, Gosford no, Park was year, year after. Mm, year but before. like, but like, she's hot right now. Like, this is this is a good period for Maggie Smith, and yet you don't have to cast um, uh, non-American <laughs> women in these roles, especially if they really, really can't get the accent. And like, the struggle is deeply real with the both of them, and it's tough. I mean, Shirley Knight is also not Southern, and it's not great either. It's Hers is not great either. But, like, I think there's a difference between Shirley Knight sort of, like, failing quietly and Fanola yeah. Flanagan and Maggie Smith failing very loudly with those accents. And, like, it almost makes the movie in a way where, like, if it was a better movie, then I would have been like, it's a shame those accents were so bad because whatever. But, like, the movie being so crazy, I'm like, why not? Just do it just <laughs> yeah no it is totally the like it's almost like the reason to see it it's like you have kind to of. hear maggie smith yell like don't get scrappy with me and like this bonkers accent <laughs> finola flanagan will will sort of shape her mouth into these like weird contortions and all of a sudden it's this like guttural sound that she's making where she's like oh kick y'all sorry ass on thursday and it's like oh my goodness where is that coming from like honestly joe that was incredibly good you should be in the next movie they will no doubt do 20 years later yeah i'm in magnolia thompson and the uh you're calla lily i am calla lily and blooming and whatever god yes and yet, I want to spend all my time that I'm watching this movie with these three women. Yes. Not with Ellen Burson. No. I want to hang out with them without their toxic friend. That's it true. It is very funny that so much of the movie is, like, them hanging out and having these, like, you know, emotional, nice, and like, you know, moments together. And then Ellen Burson is just, like, 
somewhere harassing James Garner for some reason. <laughs> okay, here's the other thing that I never, and this sort of goes back a little bit to like the fact that New York never feels like New York in this movie. I have zero sense of the geography of the terrain of this. How far away is that cabin from Ellen Burstyn's house? How far away is it from, like, they... Truly conceivably next door. Right, like, yeah. backyard. Uh, they, they just run, it, like, they run into Ellen Burstyn driving down the street, like, Fanola Flanagan, like, happens upon her. Like, it's so strange that, like, James Garner just sort of, like, hops on by at some point, and it's like, how far away are you that, like, you took her all the way from New York and, like, are apparently just down the road from... Well, Joe, Ellen- I think what you're missing here is that, like, it's obviously very close distancely, but it's um, emotionally very right. far apart. That's true. Ah. Yeah, it's so it's not chasm. so much like a dis... It's like not miles so much, but it's uh, miles of the heart, if it's you what, will. It's what Vanessa Carlton was writing about when she wrote exactly. A Thousand Miles. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Exactly. They, too, were making was about their way this. downtown, and it was to <laughs> yes. that club in New York uh, uh, where they went with... with <laughs> Yes. After they saw the Bridges of Madison County musical, which also is reflected in the emotional journey here, just one second, but a million miles to go. <laughs> exactly. Yes. All so right. I think we all agree that the lake house is like in the backyard of that like plantation okay. house that yeah. Ellen Burstyn lives in. <laughs> and once again, like we don't 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 focus on the plantation house aspect oh, of it. Just like he's just... a cotton farmer. No notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> also, okay, here's the other thing. Half of this episode is just going to be me going into, like, uh, filmographies. But, like, I... But there's so many There's so many people to talk filmography th- about. Yeah, it's stacked. You know it's what I never realized? Is how few movies James Garner made from, like, the 1990s onward. Like... Right, because mm. there's Maverick, because yep. he was known for Maverick. But, like, so he's in... He, I believe, gets an Oscar nomination for Murphy's Romance in, like, 85, yes. right? And then, like, yes. it's only, like, two or three other movies between that and Maverick, which is in 94. So that's, like, a decade later. And then in the 90s, he does, it's Maverick, My Fellow Americans, which is the movie with him and Jack Lemon as, like, mm. ex-presidents, I believe? Which was like, yes. what if grumpy old men, but with James Garner instead of Walter Matthau and their ex-presidents? That's like essentially the pitch there. Well, um, there was a president. Right. He's in that Paul Newman, Susan Sarandon movie, Twilight, that like, we gotta at some point do, Chris. even The Reese Witherspoon spot, Twilight. Uh, right? <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's in that one. That cast <laughs> is kind of insane. Gene Hackman, Stalker Channing, like that's... Wow, that's a Robert Benton movie. And then that's his 90s. Like that, And then in the 2000s, it's Space Cowboys. Uh, he's a voice in... You're going to have your space, he, cowboy. He's a voice in Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. The Notebook. The Notebook. Which fully, Yaya is his audition for The Notebook. <laughs> right. Yes. Um... A movie called The Ultimate Gift that, like, I've never heard of. He's what a couple, in the seven pounds is that about? <laughs> I have no idea. He's got a couple, like, voice roles. And then, like, that's it. That's it for James Garner. That's a wrap. And, like, and and uh, and then he died, of course, in 2014. Um, but, like, James Garner from, like, 1990 onward makes probably, like, seven real movies. If we're really, like, tallying him up. And one of them is this. A movie where he says four things and mostly just putters around by the truck or whatever and it's 
I don't know who called him up, whether it was Burstyn or whether it was like somebody was like, you want to make a movie with Sandra Bullock? And he's like, yes, because I loved uh, uh, Hope Floats. Hope Floats. <laughs> Right. Noted Hope Float stand James Garner. Right. He paused while you were sleeping to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Said I would love to call her Butterbean a billion times. But it's just such an odd thing when you think about like how few movies he made and that this was one of them. Like, okay, interesting. Real interesting. Okay. Yeah, especially that one two punch of like Divine Secrets and then the notebook is just like he said, yeah, I like doing that role. I can do that again. But at least in The Notebook, he had more to do. And he got like, didn't he get like a SAG nomination for that or something? Like, I Yeah, feel he's like, like carrying the that part of the narrative. Right, you know? right. Whereas like, whereas in Yaya, he literally is the whole point of his character is like, yeah, like uh, my mom never really liked him all that much. I know. I kept waiting for the you know the other sisters to be like, well, no, like she he knew Jack and and that right. was helpful, but also and they were just like, well, yeah, he was you know he was around. He was around. Also, the character that he's playing, that character's big scene is in the flashback. Yeah, and it's just him crying, and we don't really see that actor that much. I will say the one good scene that I really did like out of him was uh, him and Sandra Bullock. She gets the good line where she says, you know, did you uh, did you get enough love or something like that? Or were you loved enough? And mm. that's what it was. Were you loved enough? Because he says, what's enough? And I was like, that's that's a good that's a good beat in this movie that felt like sort of emotionally true in a in a movie that doesn't have a ton of those. So uh, good for that. But uh, other- speaking of missing people in this, she has other siblings, right? Right. Who, we who don't- are they? <laughs> and who yeah, are the adult siblings? And they disappear. They and don't it's matter. Alluded, it's alluded to the fact that like they have a worse relationship with Vivi than Sita does because she was like I Sita was. She says early on like Sita was the one who like still talks to me or something like that. Like apparently the other ones have even like harder feelings about all of this. Which, like, after seeing the flashbacks, you can sort of, you can see it. Yeah, especially if they have no memories of, like, the the fun charming her and only this, like, one very formative, horrifying memory of her. Yeah. Uh, But I just feel like it would have been perhaps more interesting to have this, you know, kind of revolve around, like, her and her siblings relationship. Like, would you Mm -hmm. not want to call your sister after this? I don't know, week and or six months. I have no long idea how long that right. she's down in Louisiana. Would you at least not want to gossip to be like, by the way, mom's friends drugged me? <laughs> right. Like, well, maybe that's shocking. what one of the other sequels of that is about, is about mm-hmm. like uh, Vivi's uh, flamboyantly gay son who lives in <laughs> Berlin now or something like that. And what is the son's name? It's something. Baylor. Baylor. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty gay. Um, it is pretty gay. I mean, yeah. that, that woman has a gay son, no doubt. Oh, no like, doubt. there is, <laughs> like, get out of here. No doubt in my mind that that woman has a gay son. Like, that is, that's, that's... Like, she literally definite. couldn't have it any other way. No, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I feel like there is a movie in here where it's just the three friends and Sandra Bullock if it's if it sort of like pushes sort of everything else out, I know you have to have the flashbacks to sort of have any kind of dramatic resolution to this, but like all of the best parts of this are mm-hmm. those three old ladies and Sandra sort of, you know, figuring yeah. shit out. And you know, we really don't need Connor, I feel. Like that fight they have 
uh, where she's like, we're canceling the wedding is so much just feels like, well, it's this part of the movie now. So there has to be an inciting incident. And they, it is this fight. They <laughs> almost, Here it is. <laughs> they almost declare it as such in the movie. Yeah. Where like, I think it's when Vivi's talking to him and she's just like, that seemed like an odd, like, it, it's odd that you like you know, went from that to the assumption that this relationship is over or something like that. We're like basically like calling out how odd it was that this has now become this sort of make or break point in their, in their relationship. And especially as he's talking about it and he's like, it took us so long to get to this point. And I'm like, well, then it feels like you have probably had fights like this before. Why is this the one that is suddenly like, now you got to go to Louisiana. We've got to do all this stuff. It's just like very much like we needed this conflict for other things to happen. Let's keep it moving. Don't ask any questions. It's the type of movie where somebody has to end up in a romantic relationship in the end, even if they already begin in one. Yes. Well, it's also he's presented as this sort of infinitely patient person who like, understands her relationship with her mom and and has a little bit of clarity on it and yet for reasons of plot and to like raise the stakes for the third act or whatever all of a sudden then he has to become incredibly impatient and like she's obviously the one who is like the driving force of of putting the pause on that yeah engagement but even still where he gets like I don't know, like his character seems to take a little bit of a left turn at some point. Hers really does. And I don't buy any of it, which is too bad because when they're in those scenes together early on, I do buy them as a couple. Like I kind of like them as a couple. They seem functional and I don't know. Angus McFadden's an interesting actor who was like in a bunch of things for a while and it seemed like he was going to be a little bit of a thing. He was in that one television show that was sort of this like um uh semi supernatural uh thing called Miracles, if do you remember that at all, which was Is this the one that had the gay sex? <laughs> I don't think so because it was in Wasn't ABC. there a star show that had gay sex that was like mythic creatures or whatever? Oh, I don't huh. know. The one I'm talking about is this sort of like uh X-Files-ish type thing called Miracles, where he was in it with Skeet Ulrich, which was like the year after. It was David Greenwald who who had co-created Angel and had been one of the Buffy um, writers. And this was the the show he kind of spun off of Angel to do. And I remember it was really interesting. It only lasted like half a season. But um, that's sort of my big... Uh, he was also on like a few episodes of Alias and he was just like, he bounced around from like a lot of TV shows for a while and never really, it never really quite happened for him. And he'll still pop up and things or whatever. And it's just like, I'll spend half the episode being like, where do I know that guy from? And it's like, Oh, it's the miracles guy. Okay. Yeah. I did a lot of like, Oh, right. That guy, I guess that never really curled over all the way for him. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean like his career, I suppose it just feels like they're really putting him up as like, he's going to be a guy. And everyone said like, pass, (laughs) like we're all set actually on guys. The cast of this movie is really interesting. There are a lot of people who sort of pop up. Obviously I mentioned all of the younger uh, versions of the Yaya's, but like Matthew settle, the dad from gossip girl Mm -hmm. is, uh, is, uh, Teensy's brother who who dies in war and obviously cherry jones who uh subject of is shows up to be silently abused the subject of the best joke in fire island uh cherry jones <laughs> i was so 
<laughs> delighted by that. Um, who else? Gina McKee. This is our like second Gina McKee movie in mm-hmm. three weeks, Chris, after uh, after Notting Hill, uh, who was like gets like half a scene, but she's Teensy's mom. And um, yeah, interesting cast. She, Gina McKee is really going for it acting wise in that scene uh she really oh, yeah. truly rending her garments in a way that i was like madam everybody <laughs> every in a movie where everybody's kind of going for it like she drops to her knees she's cursing the husband you killed him this this bayou accent that again i know like the accents in this movie being crazy is sort of the thing but like where is it coming from like it yeah, feels for her very to be like, randomly French is very funny. <laughs> it's very like uh like straight out of an Anne Rice something. I don't mm-hmm. know. It feels like she should be on a on a New Orleans sort of tour of the French Quarter that you take tourists on or whatever. And it's just like here's the grieving woman, and she's just like ah like mon cher, just like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she got lost on her way to True Blood and like ended up kind of, yes. <laughs> lost and also that they all refer to her as like the French lady, like the good French lady. I'm like, all right, guys, we get it. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Such a bonkers movie. I cannot believe I watched it so much as a teen. Like, was I okay? Probably not. But right. like, damn. <laughs> I feel like this is probably a movie that seems less crazy once you have commercial breaks because it's, you know, you can, it's all split up. You know, you're not immediately right. accosted with uh, Ellen Burson slamming a phone into some harrowing trauma flashback. Yeah, I did notice that, like, as I was watching it, I kept wanting to, like, create my own commercial breaks. I kept being like, maybe it's time for a snack now. Or, like, I should refill my water. Like, I did feel the need to, like, break up the kind of unrelenting, like, just absolute Southern drama of it all. Uh, Especially, man, that Cherry Jones scene on, like, Vivi's birthday or whatever is just such a bummer with a capital B. Okay. Like, wow. Here's the other thing. So, the kind of movie that this is, which sort of dips into these flashbacks that sort of, like, brush up against the Southern Gothic of it all a little bit, Mm -hmm. that you... It took me so long to trust that even though the whole point of that scene was that Cherry Jones was falsely accusing uh, Vivi of sort of having this like inappropriate relationship with her father. And that's why she got the ring because this was that kind of movie. I was like, yeah, but like, is there something going on? Because like I, when I, Joe, mm-hmm. I tell you, I had the same note written. Down. Okay. I had you. the same note. I couldn't I was like, trust Oh it. God, please don't do that too. It was like half an hour after the movie ended where I was like, okay, I think it's fine. <laughs> Like, I think actually Maggie Smith wasn't going to burst in your house and tell you. Kind of. It's just like, pal, I got bad news for you. And this is like, no. But first, let me get my oxygen. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. But yes, it was a relief to find out. Because also, it's David Rash who's playing that guy, who was like, in every like procedural movie, he's like the bastard, right? He's like the guy who's up to no good. So it's like, that's maybe not great casting when like when you desperately need your audience to trust that there is no actual bad relationship happening between a father and his daughter don't cast the guy who's like the son of a bitch and everything so yeah it's like asking putting dylan baker in something and me and being yes! like he didn't kill anybody I'm right like, okay, and like, <laughs> come on i'm gonna yes, need four sources on this and like <laughs> yeah even still yeah um ellen burston by the way 
in the post requiem uh, years pre old murph pre yes this is quite <laughs> pre old murph but she sort of settled into a real wild couple of decades there where like ellen will take a role that is out of like out of pocket a little bit right where she'll be like yes i will play the sort of uh dark cult leader in the wicker man and <laughs> yes i will say the words astronaut dick has been making you soft <laughs> yes i will there play barbara bush for oliver stone like yeah that's Yes, I will play Elliot Stabler's mother on SVU. Oh, every I not only I will play everybody's mother on television for like for now until the foreseeable future. She's um she's Gene Triplehorn's mom in Big Love, right? Am I speaking to a room of people who don't I never Big got Love? that far through Big Love. Now no, I'm sad. but I I do think you're right. I do yes. think that you're correct about that. Because Sissy Spacek is also on Big Love, but I think it was Sissy Spacek who was like the like business person who was like in casinos or whatever that had to deal with Bill Paxton. But and and Ellen Burstyn was Triple Horn's mom who like hated that her daughter was in this like plural marriage. She's in she's Sigourney's mom in Political Animals. Mm-hmm. She's um uh oh who else? She's got to be somebody's mom in uh, House of Cards. I never got to the Isn't point. she Robin Wright's mom in House of Cards? I mean, it would make all the sense in the world, right? I would kind of be, like, disappointed if she wasn't. Yes. Um, yeah. That was her, that's been her gig now for a while, is, like, showing up two seasons into a thing, and it's like, oh, she's the main character's mom. Like, okay, that's where we're at. Yeah. She is somehow inexplicably Vanessa Kirby's mom in Pieces of a Woman. Oh, boy. Oh, That's not a great... and and, and And a movie that, like, really kind of hangs that character out to dry and really leaves her to try and sell... A, an impossible character with not a whole like I do not like that performance unfortunately I think uh, critics choice nom people thought that that was going to happen yeah. but it's just Ellen Burstyn screaming at Vanessa Kirby it sure is. I, I'm not a fan of that movie <laughs> yeah Vanessa Kirby I think is very very good in that movie but otherwise it's a movie that maybe doesn't deserve her a little bit is my feeling about that movie I do think Ellen Burstyn is great in Todd Salons's Wiener Dog, where she shows up towards the end of the movie as just, like, truly the meanest, grumpiest old lady. Right. To, like, who, again, is the grandmother to Zoja Mamet. So it's like, she's some random person's, you know, maternal figure. I'm just always happy, every time I see her, I'm like, oh, she's gonna do something probably, like, a little unhinged, yep. and, like, I'm gonna have a good time looking at it. Like, yep. let's let's go. Yep. I was kind of disappointed to be like, oh, this this one is kind of a bummer for you, though, Ellen. Like, yeah, this one, this one's rough. Well, and by the time we get to the resolution, the, the resolution kind of happens without her, which is sort of a bummer, mm-hmm. is is the the sort of emotional climax happens when Sida learns of the flashback and like Vivi's not there. Like we get the we get the sort yeah. of like falling action denouement at the end where they're like before they all decide to like jump into the New Orleans jazz parade that happens at the end of the movie because of course <laughs> this movie has to end with the New Orleans jazz parade. Um but not a racist New Orleans jazz parade. No, no I uh, ask no. me why later, and I'll think of a reason why it's not. But like, yes, um, maybe it has to remind you. Um, but 
they... well, that's the that's one of the frustrating things I think about Vivi is that like we as the audience just get the backstory along with Sita. Yes. So it's more about the the emotional arc is Sita forgiving and understanding her mother, but that leaves Vivi really nothing to do. Right, I yeah. mean, like her her character arc is to maybe think about trying to drink less. By the time they and... have that scene together, <laughs> and on who that porch, among us? <laughs> by the okay. time they finally have that scene together, things are already settled between them. It's weird, you know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're sort of they they kind of put the bow on it and sort of like make it official, but there's no catharsis through that scene at all. Like, yeah, it's like Sita. Yeah, Sid is just coming to her and saying, like, well, I've already done the hard work of, like, understanding uh-huh. what uh-huh. you went through. Yeah. And here I am to just say, like, yeah. word, I hear you and I see you. And, like, maybe I'll get married here. Like, and again, okay. <laughs> you've gone to the effort of casting both Sandra Bullock and, and Ellen Burstyn. Like, it's kind of, even I even if you could point to, like, well, in the book, like, you know, screw the book, I guess, if that's the case. Yeah. Just, like, you've got these two actresses, like, put them to work, put them, you know. Uh, make them make them go through it in the scene together yeah when they are together for that brief moment i am like oh i really would have liked to see more of this in this movie like the two of them as adults interacting like they do work well together although they do nice to watch them they do dress vivi in this sort of like funeral doily even though it's white but it's like it's the sort of like funeral doily meets forest nymph yeah yeah maybe that was sort of presaging her wicker man uh, role a little bit yeah (laughs) Okay, but can we? Okay, since we're talking about the outfits in this last scene of them together, can we talk about the 2001 Ann Taylor loft of what they've done to Sita in this scene? It's like simple black whatever dress and then the scarf fully wrapped around her neck, like that one character in the scary stories you tell in the dark. <laughs> I wrote where in if they all take caps, it off of Sandra Bullock's neck, her yes, head falls fall off. off. Yeah. No, I wrote in all caps, not a scarf. And then and frosted <laughs> lipstick. <laughs> it's just listen. So exactly of its time. 9-11 it's just, had like, just happened. We're all struggling to cope. We're all trying to figure out a way to rebound. And well, and not for nothing, but I did think when they smuggled her onto that plane, I was like, guys, 9-11 literally just That's happened. True. How are you doing this? That's true. Like, literally, how are you putting a fully comatose adult woman on a plane moments after 9-11 in New York of all places? And everyone's like, yep, definitely like, keep yep, going. Right on through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want the scene where they like weekends of burn weekends at Bernie's her onto a plane. <laughs> yeah, we needed at least one shot of her like on the plane. We like, definitely totally could have asleep, had more. sunglasses on. We could have had so much more. That's totally true. Yeah, more hygiene. Like, who's carrying her? Who's doing that? Like Maggie Smith's not doing that. She's got a whole oxygen tank to worry about. Fanola Flanagan's a hardy woman. Like she like That's just true. throw her on her shoulder, throw her on her back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's taking her. Yeah, exactly. Like a like a bag of flour. Here you go, Sandy. <laughs> Well, so, okay, here's my thing with the Yaya's, right? Is sort of Fanola Flanagan's obviously like the dynamo, right? She's the one who like, if there's something to get done, she's going to get it done. Maggie Smith is the one with the oxygen tank. And like, she's a firecracker, pal. What's Shirley Knight's niche in this group? She's nice. She's the nice nice. one, I guess. She's sort of the... the, She's nice. She's, like, worried all the time. Yeah. It never really pays off with anything. Like, you, I I wanted her to have one sort of 
triumph or like give her a w in some way where like no her payoff is like that she was worried about the blood oath when they were kids and she is again worried about doing a blood oath as adults like that's her through line <laughs> which listen like staph infections are real and yeah i hear you that and and she's not wrong um i do think part of this is the problem of having less recognizable people in these roles for mm-hmm. reasons in the flashbacks, because in the flashbacks, I did have a hard time telling. Oh yeah, which yeah, was which. absolutely. Well, same. it underlines so the it's fact like something that they, could have happened in a flashback. It underlines the fact that they haven't really differentiated this women, these women from each other in any sort of fundamental way. It's it's very right. It's very much dependent on the performances of those older actresses in the present day storyline. Yeah, their like childhood storyline was confusing. I was like, who whose house are we at and why? And if we're doing the, a proper Who has the money? Who's got the car? Like what's going on here? Whose family are we visiting that's horribly racist? It was just like all very muddled. If we're doing a proper now and then, I need to know mm-hmm. which one's the tomboy, which yes. one's patting their bra. Which one yes. has like a crush on somebody? Like I, these are fundamental answers that I need to be able to tell a group of four childhood girl friends apart from each other. Like the movies have taught me, and I I need that info. Right. We needed to take one of them obviously gay because then I was like very lost otherwise. One of them <laughs> like needs I... to punch a boy in the face. Like they had right. that racist little kid. Like have one of them just be like one like maybe... instead they all pie him. Right. But again, right. Yaga. One of them, one of them <laughs> needs to be like my thing is that I hit men with pies, and like not all of them because then again, like there's no differentiation. Shirley Knight's thing could have been hitting people with pies. No, that would have been a really funny gag to just keep carrying through her life, just like pieing Cherry Jones in the face and running away. <laughs> Actually, I'm wrong though. Maggie Smith should be the pie one because then it would like track with her having to put the oxygen mask over her m- mouth and like mm-hmm. it's it's the same sort mm-hmm. of like you know motion it's i don't know dramatic irony foreshadowing mm-hmm. foreshadowing there we go yeah Thank that's you. really gorgeous stuff that's that's the stuff that screenplays are made of my friend listen when we do the paramount plus series uh eight episodes uh divine secrets of the yaya sisterhood <laughs> we will add these um these I'm touches. getting the rights. We're getting the rights. We're, we're taking we're it all it. back. We're taking the taking rights it all back. Over. We're doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a. It's a bizarre film that should be something different, and I don't know what it should have been, but I don't think it's it's this. It was also See, deeply savaged by critics. Like this was a oh, very easy yeah. Oh, yeah. bag, and Roger Ebert really went in on this one. I was like, wow. It's. <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like the title really does like serve itself up for ridicule because then you can like make your little puns and mm-hmm. it just divine secrets of the ha ha sisterhood. <laughs> Got them. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, I want to look up though. You guys keep talking. I want to look up some of the uh, some of the pull quotes because I imagine they would be uh, quite bad. Another note I have is my mother was hot and it was hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's something that's something that we can absolutely discuss um just that seems like a real struggle though i also was as you know we get to this you know final realization of this horrible thing that uh, vivi had done i was like now 
Sita, as an adult talking to your adult therapist, no one brought up the fact that she like might have had some sort of psychotic break. Like this was all just everybody heard this story and was like, yeah, that tracks. That sounds absolutely like what has happened in your Southern Gothic childhood and we're moving on. No one was like, And people just really don't say, yeah, I mean, there's definite like trauma in my family that nobody talks about. So I guess that is believable. Yeah. But. I don't know. All right. It had that kind of like 90s of like, well, you know, a therapist who could, who could talk to a therapist, right. a shrink, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Lisa Schwartzbaum, the great Lisa Schwartzbaum from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, there is nothing mm. like a Lisa Schwartzbaum pan. I'm so glad you have it because gave, I was mad that the link was broken. <laughs> gave it a C. The pull quote that I got on Rotten Tomatoes is not one character in this ovarian jungle is particularly likable. <laughs> not an ovarian jungle lisa uh i'm gonna have to ask her if i could have the rights for that for my future screenplay that's the title ovarian jungle um wow uh usual pushover peter travers says except for ashley judd who shows true grit as vivi in her babe days i roll the effect is like being buried in molasses not untrue um what else who's else got some good good quote I'm surprised that the Peter Travers quote isn't something like an excellent, wonderful root tootin' time at the movies. <laughs> like, that's Peter Travers. Roger Ebert said, there is not a character in the movie with a shred of plausibility, not an event that is believable, not a confrontation that is not staged, not a moment that is not false. 1.5 stars out of four. Yikes. Yeah, he really went in. Yeah, he really He said, did. I have time today. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Ellen Burstyn, you're on notice, my friend. So, yeah. Um, not- I'm retiring. I, I'm not going to come up with something like ovarian joke. Yeah, we should all really pack it in. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it on this team, I guess. Happy pride to us all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Did this get oh. any, like, Razzies or anything like that, Chris? No. That's surprising. No. For as much that as they surprising. hate women at the Razzies, it's very surprising that they didn't I think Sandy, until All About Steve... Is that the name of that movie? Yes, it is. Because um, it's all about Eve, uh, but it's Steve. But it's Steve. Oh, oh wow. That's what that is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they, I think, gave her a not as tough of a break as a female movie star as they would with anyone else. Yeah, she, they were definitely, they had their people that they hated. Maybe they were, like, still mad at Madonna. She's too respectable. Time, or, like, Demi Moore. She's nominated for Demolition Man and Speed 2 Cruise Control before then. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Um, all right. Not like we need to keep giving them airspace. No, but, but you know, whatever. We, we shame them. In terms made... of gauging the reception of this movie, it was ultimately, I think, kind of forgotten. And why wouldn't it be, given what both of the actress races were this year. Wait, can I just tell you who they were busy being mean to instead of uh, Divine Secrets of the Aya Sisterhood? It's the most predictable thing. In both Worst Picture and Worst Actress, uh, Madonna in Swept Away and Britney Spears in Crossroads. Like, the Razzies were razzying uh, uh, their own way. Who watched Swept Away? They also gave Madonna Worst Supporting Actress in Die Another Day. It's the bitchiest thing they're the bitchiest people crossroads whips like uh written by shonda ryan famously, i just said told somebody that literally yesterday and they were shocked <laughs> 
I love springing that information on people. It's such a gag. It's such a fun gag to do. Such yes. a fun gag. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so they were busy punching their usual punching bags of Madonna and Britney Spears at that point. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, Chris, I interrupted you. You were saying something. Um... Oh, no, the both actress races, the sporting and lead actress races, oh. are such iconic, heavy-hitting races. Yeah, made, this, is, this is my year, frankly. <laughs> I made a, a letterbox <laughs> list for 2002 earlier today, just because cause I was sort of in the in the mood of this year after uh, looking at that, Chris. And, like, 2000, like, 2002 is not a year that is heralded for being one of the great movie years. It's not, like, a 1999 or a 2007 or anything like that. But, like, 2002 fucking rules that is a deep well of really good mm-hmm. movies in that year and i think the oscar nominations which don't always reflect good years in cinema do in this particular one even if they are very heavily weighted towards the prestige releases of december mm-hmm. i think they're good lineups in general yeah 2002 is one of those years i look at and i'm like well of course i'm gay like that like what else was i gonna do like you're telling me i'm gonna watch the hours and chicago and frida and like be like and yeah definitely straight that was and, not happening and <laughs> far from <laughs> heaven and kissing jessica stein and oh. like and i'm just going through all of the like you know queer lady triggers white oleander like don't bang- get me started on white oleander banger sisters <laughs> Like, you got it all, man. It's all there. It's absolutely all there. Yeah. Meanwhile, I, too, like, also, like, it's so funny because, like, my gay touchstones are also the hours in Far From Heaven. (laughs) Yes, I know I'm among my people. (laughs) But I also had, like, E2 Mama Tambien, which was, like, Mm. giving it to me every ball. And um, what else are the other, like, good queer touchstones for this year for me? (laughs) For me, I'm in here, like, I didn't have it at that time, but... Now I'm like 2002 queer movies, the piano teacher. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. Yeah. You know, again, I must say happy bride to us all (laughs) to this (laughs) Oscars race specifically. Yeah. Okay. So Oscar didn't love Yaya. Razzies didn't recognize Yaya. Can we talk about? I know they got me. That did. I know it's that AARP. AARP movies for grown-ups. I've never seen a more movies for grown-ups. Yeah. In my whole life. This was a this was a softball down the middle of the plate for for those folks. I really want to unpack one of these because I feel like we said we would regroup <laughs> on this category. Best breakaway performance. Mm-hmm. What does that what mean? What does that mean? Okay. Well, it goes to the win is for Richard Gere in Chicago. Other nominees are Catch Me If You Can, Christopher Walken, One Hour Photo, Robin Williams, and from Yaya, Maggie Smith. I don't understand I, from that context what okay, breakaway so here, means. I feel that made like it actually we more maybe confusing. talked about this, but yes, I think I can break this down. Okay. Uh, Richard Gere, Singing and Dancing. That was the big deal about Richard Gere. Okay. Yes. Okay, I'm with Robin you. Robin Williams creepy he's breaking away from his mold. oh so they're like doing something different <laughs> okay i think so maggie smith what is she doing that's different that accent that i accent. guess she's <laughs> it's the accent the accent i guess she's cussing sure maybe sure. she's prim and proper but she's cussing christopher walken feels like 
maybe shady because they're like, oh, he's good. Again. Yeah, <laughs> that is how that one feels for sure. Maybe it's like Christopher Walken like doesn't usually tell a story about a mouse falling in a vat of cream in a movie. And yet, <laughs> in this movie, he does. Somewhere. And does it very well. And does it very well. Wrote it all the way to an Oscar nomination. Yeah, that's a very deeply strange category. It is. The, the other nomination that they gave it, which should be Best Buddy Picture. Yes. But I don't yes. think they have this category yet. They gave it a nomination for Best Grown-Up Love Story between Ellen Burson and James Garner. They talk which, like two times. <laughs> even even the movie is very upfront about the fact that it's like kind of not a great love story. The movie doesn't really like contradict itself there. That's a very yeah. That's well, a very, very like, like they're being like if you are not close with your spouse, <laughs> it's fine. We recognize you. Right. Also the winner in that category is The Gathering Storm, which is Albert Finney and Vanessa Redgrave as uh, Winston and, uh, I can't remember, Churchill, Clementine. Uh, Winston and Clementine Churchill, which was an HBO TV movie. That was not a theatrically released movie. Correct. So, like, what are we doing? Movies for grown-ups are wild. Wild They really just go off. I will tell you. I love them. We talk, We must have talked about this when we talked about Moonlight Mile, though, Chris, because I do like that nomination so. for Sarandon and Dustin Hoffman. I know you don't like Dustin Hoffman in that movie, but like, I like that couple. I think that's a good nomination for them. That yeah. is a very grown-up love story. That does make sense to yeah. me. Yeah, that's what that's what I like AARP best, where it's just like they will really like when they when they pull out a you know a well-observed nomination like that, and then this fourth one. For this Jill Clayburgh, Jeffrey Tambor movie that just sounds cursed, uh, called yes. Never Again. <laughs> Never Again, Jeffrey Tambor. Like, that's sort of... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The logline for this movie. Two people who have pledged never to fall in love ever again, then discover each other in a gay bar. <laughs> Listening well... to the Robin song, Never Again. Okay, oh, wait, okay. Supporting cast for this movie. Jeffrey Tambor, Jill Jill Clayburg meet in a gay bar, right? Supporting cast, Caroline Aaron, Bill Duke, Sandy Duncan, Michael McKeon. I imagine Caroline Aaron and Sandy Duncan are her friends. Like, is Jeffrey Tambor gay in this movie? And they decide to just, like, like, be life partners? Like, non-sexual life partners? Never again is he going to sleep with a man. (laughs) I'm see. I really played myself because now I'm now I'm interested in this movie. Yeah, Joe, you have no one to blame but yourself. I I, I, I mean, I yeah, I love Joe Clayburgh so much, and I have been trying to get my hands on as much of her movies as possible. Maybe I'll watch this movie, and it will be very interesting watching her have no romantic co-star because yeah. that person is not in that movie. Well, now I'm interested. So great, yeah. Maybe we need to we need to start our actual festival programming of the movies that only we talk about. We'll watch Never Again, A Month by the Lake. Uh-huh. <laughs> what else is on this list? Um uh what was the the um Joan Plowright movie? Oh, Mrs. Palfrey at the Claremont or something. Yes, I think that's right. Candle movie. Uh right, yes, <laughs> candle. Postal looks like a candle. Candle is that okay? What current? What is okay? Based off of the poster for Yaya Sisterhood, which we've talked about this poster. Uh-huh. What is the cursed discount bin name for this candle? Oh, for Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. 
Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. It's got to be something. Manic Mondays. <laughs> um, Hangover like, Sunday. I don't know. It's like something about a bayou. It's like. Yeah. It's got to be something like that. It's <laughs> got to be like. Bayou. Yeah. Blissful Bayou or like a swampy. Grandma's Gumbo. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grandma's Basement. No, it's yeah, gotta be this... like it's gotta be like like uh like uh old lady okra or something like that. Like something with like a like a real southern uh ingredient to it or something. What does okra yeah. smell like? Does okra have like a distinctive smell? I can't even I can't picture Not it. Really? Right? No. I don't not know. In terms right of like root vegetables, <laughs> it's not really distinct. It's no. not. It has a strain. It has the texture is like the thing, it's right? Not, that's not the like thing. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not the the smell thing. Yeah. Do you think at the AARP AARP Movie for Grownups Awards they play Kelly Clarkson's Breakaway when whoever wins <laughs> Best Breakaway <laughs> Performance wins? Because I have she been presented. thinking about Kelly that presented literally nonstop, <laughs> and I hope that's true. Kelly Clarkson. And if host- they don't, free idea. Kelly Clarkson hosts the 2023 AARP Movies for Grownups <laughs> Awards challenge. Like, do that challenge, please. Host everything, Kelly. Please. Yes. Oh my God. We, we need desperately you here. need it. We do. We do. We do. Do karaoke for um, I don't know what music do sixty year olds love. I mean, at this point, sixty year olds were Kelly Clarkson. I was saying, like sixty year olds. <laughs> sixty year olds were forty when Kelly won American Idol. Like you know, yeah, I think wow. she could probably just sing "The Trouble with Love Is" like on yeah. repeat, and they'd be like <laughs> yeah. perfect. Yeah, they'd be like sold. You got me. Yeah. I mean, and I would say same. Yeah, uh, they're not wrong. They're not, you know, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. What else? What else do we have to say about the divine secrets of the Yaya sisterhood? We haven't talked about Callie Curry, which oh, is also yeah. part of the reason oh, I think yeah, that's why the buzz. That's this like a big is buzz so, moment. yeah, obviously wins the Oscar for Thelma and Louise, her first screen credit, um, and then writes something to talk about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, who dir- we've talked about Lassa this. Hallstrom. Who directed it? It's, it's Lassa Hallstrom. Lassa Hallstrom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Hallstrom. Drive. Which I feel like that was a financially successful movie, at least, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, not like mega hit on the Julia Roberts scale, but it it you know nobody was angry at that. I feel like given the way that people would always have their like claws out ready for Julia to have like a career flop, like if especially then if that movie was any worse, like they would like we would we would have heard about it. So it made whatever seventy seven million worldwide. How much of that was domestic? I imagine most of that was domestic. So. Yeah, that feels like a domestic winner for yeah. sure. <laughs> Fifty million dollars domestic in nineteen ninety five is pretty good. Like that's that fine. Callie Curry's big rebound is doing Nashville. Yes. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh boy. But Were you a Nashville? Then... Were you a Nashville viewer, Christine? Oh yeah. Those first like two <laughs> seasons. <laughs> I was I was a steady and faithful servant. Um Hayden Panettiere is incredible, frankly. Um and then it just got like we have we gotta talk we gotta stop this guys i think we all know this is not working how anymore, many seasons but... did that show go without connie Britton? oh that's actually a good because they killed her off at some they point. did kill her at some point but i i think there was maybe only a season okay. after her she was gone it went I, I don't six. think very long it went six whole seasons not all of them were on abc abc only no because then the it got switched four. to like 
CMT, CMT. somewhere. Yes. Yeah. CMT Why for two Why do I know seasons. that? I could know so many other things. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. But I also have a feeling that like, if it's, you know, still the Nashville I know and loved, like she probably appeared a lot in flashbacks. So there's probably like a lot of Nashville, Raina James Nashville co-starred my big childhood uh, boy crush from uh, soap operas when I was a, when I was a little kid, uh, which was Joshua Jackson from General Hospital, mm. or Jonathan Jackson, not Joshua Jackson, Jonathan Jackson from General Hospital. Um, so I was always sort of curious as to what his character was like on Nashville, but I would never watch it. I would always sort of like dip in and out, and I never really got a sense of whether this was like a character everybody hated, a character everybody loved, but, like, whatever. He um, kind of went back. He started as very, like, annoying boyfriend and, uh-huh. like, obvious obvious in the way to, like, the couple who should be together. And then sure. he just, like, wouldn't go away. And he was just, like, always found a reason to be around. But that was also the energy of Nashville was, like, find a way to put this person back in this plot for some reason. <laughs> he was the boyfriend of that ingenue who had, like, the very, mm-hmm. she was very obviously Australian, but playing yes. uh, Southern. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think her love interest was also Australian. I think, the, or like English, like they both were other accented and doing. Uh, oh, wild! Yeah, That's maybe it's something that uh, Kelly Cohere just really likes people to do. Is, <laughs> you know, be from somewhere else and pretend to do a southern accent. Right. <laughs> a movie that I am very curious about the accents of, and I do need to see this movie because it is maybe my favorite film poster of all time. Uh, she also directed another uh, critical bomb, Mad Money. Mad Money. Mm. That's Diane Currently Keaton. Currently free on freebie. Diane Keaton, Katie Holmes, and Queen Latifah? Queen Latifah. Queen right. Latifah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that poster. They're throwing money around. Oh, Chris, you need this poster. <laughs> Real fake looking money, I mean, too, man. How many bodies do you think constitute the Photoshop of Diane Keaton in this poster? <laughs> like... Those are, yeah, I mean, the... 17? 17 at least. Like, there might be a different joint. Like, between each joint, someone might be different. Did these people never see a real dollar bill in their entire life? Like, this does not, (laughs) like... This is a wild poster. I'm absolutely buying you this poster, Chris, for your home. Like, (laughs) What boots are Katie... Is Katie Holmes wearing the shoe? How wear. tiny are Katie Holmes' feet? Look at Diane Keaton's shoes. Speaking of shoes, like, those are, like... Eight-inch stilettos. Like, what is going on? And then Queen Latifah's just in a boot-cut jean and a a sandal? Like, what is happening here? Am I I actively hallucinating this? I'm telling you, it's the best poster. Oh, my God. Well, I guess if we can't have our character posters for Divine Secrets, we'll always have Mad Money. Can I say, though, the Mad Money poster does do one thing right it aligns the star billing yes. with their placement yes. on the post doesn't that Don't drive you crazy when it doesn't it's... yaya doesn't count because yaya does it but yaya has floating heads you know that well, short story the yellow wallpaper where it's like yes. the woman drives herself insane staring at the wallpaper on the wall or whatever that's me but like were i in a room with a movie poster that did that misaligned the stars and and the placement of the actors who play them like that would that would be my i'm pretty sure every screen poster does it yeah probably true probably true so many posters do it i feel also like if that if this the actor name placement is contractual which we know it is Mm -hmm. get that note 
to your graphics design people and have them Photoshop accordingly, because otherwise you're just going to like send people to mental institutions. And I don't want that to happen to us. We're good yeah, people. And thankfully that's not going to be the thing that sends us to a mental institution. <laughs> no, we've got plenty of other poster. Things. Yeah. We've got <laughs> For me, it will be the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just can't understand what kind of boots Katie Holmes is wearing. I are her jeans tucked into them? I this is going to be a, a thought that festers, unfortunately. I will say <laughs> all that I, credit to Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. Their their poster also correctly aligns. Uh, the, the their one is like has yeah. Little, I said that they have the boxes though, which like right. They're floating heads. It does guys. Count. It's a scrapbook because of the scrapbook. Uh, oh, the scrapbook. <sighs> Which, right. just to return to that for a second, I do not believe that woman has ever scrapbooked a day in her life. <laughs> Certainly not like that, with that like attention to detail and craft. I don't right. believe that. She's not going, that woman doesn't go to Michael's, I can assure you. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Sorry, Chris, I missed, I was, I was, uh wrapped up in the mad money poster while you were talking about that so. i'm still wrapped up in the mad money poster because i was going to mention katie holmes's pose okay good i'm glad that we are talking about that because it's the single finger with a ring on it that's <laughs> really <laughs> just throw me for a loop there i mean me tweeting that's the <laughs> <laughs> me reading your tweets is diane keaton kind of looking at her but kind of not <laughs> But actually, in truth, not not being in the same room, yeah. None of them are in the same room. Are they even in this movie? Not being in the same plane of existence. Not different parts of her body are in different dimensions. Okay, but was this movie released in theaters? Yes, this was like iconic January cinema. Oh, got got it. Wait, gone in a week. That's why I never saw it. I'm watching it this week. Can we talk about the producers credited on Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, which include both Bette Midler and Bonnie Bruckheimer, ex-wife of Jerry Bruckheimer? What? What? Uh-huh. Do we think Bet was along for like development of this movie? Like she was going to be Vivi at some point? I mean, it seems like a, that's a very Bet Midler character, right? I mean, did Bet read the book and say And she's like, I can't I do this. that accent. So uh I don't know about any of you. Um, wow. Imagine Bet trying to do that accent though for like one moment. <laughs> I mean, if you move this movie to I don't know, maybe perhaps a location like Westchester. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. You do oh, solve no, it's a back. lot of its problems. We're back again. Amazing. I'm just saying, our Yaya Sisterhood P plus uh, miniseries is in Westchester. Well, they don't say yeah. anything about it in the IMDb trivia, which I feel uh, betrayed. My by. source for all my facts. IMDb okay, trivia. was it one of her production companies? Could have been. Yeah. There's, you know, in many ways, we'll never know. Can we can we talk about a, a small little pet peeve of mine, which is present in the IMDb trivia for this movie, which notes sure. that Cherry Jones, who plays Ashley Judd's mother, was born in 1956. Oh. Judd was born in 1968. It's like, yeah, they play mother and daughter not in the same scenes, like in different timelines. What is your yeah. complaint here, IMDb? What trouble you're trying to cause? Well, can I ask you how many out of how many found that interesting? Yeah, <laughs> I'm I gonna got say, you, babe. You know what? Right now, I'm clicking no. 
I don't find it interesting. So, wow. oh no, I don't have an IMDb Pro account. Fuck you. I was going to say, okay, brag, IMDb Pro. Oh, I forgot that you need to be special in order to do that. Well, you know what? Seven of 13 found it interesting. So those seven people, I just want to talk. I don't want to yell. I just want to talk. because. Oh, wow. I forgot that Ellen Burstyn was in How to Make an American Quilt, a movie that we talked about. You didn't forget that, Chris. It's there in your brain somewhere. It would have resurfaced. No, it's right here in front of me on my computer screen saying that. No, I'm saying you didn't really forget it. It's just, it's, it's, it was, it existed somewhere in your subconscious, ready to reemerge at the most opportune time. Good movie. Good movie. Yeah. Good movie. One of the IMDb facts is several of the cast were born outside of the U.S., although they were (laughs) supposed to be portraying Americans from the American South. Can you click yes, found that 21 interesting? 21 of 27 found that interesting, and that well, ratio that I like a lot better, because yes. <laughs> uh, also, filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina at the same time as A Walk to Remember. I wonder Personally, if those, that's my favorite. <laughs> I wonder if those casts, like, feuded with each other, and were just like, you know, Mandy Moore and, and Finola Flanagan walked down the street and, like, stink-eyed each other as they passed. All right, Ryan, get, someone get Ryan Murphy on the line. We have a new series of feud. Feud. Feud, Mandy versus feud. Manola. <laughs> that would send gay Twitter into, like, yes. that would actually shut down gay Twitter. Yes. Like, we would not be able to tweet. It would be, wow. We actually deserve that. Please give me that. Wait, Adam Shankman directed A Walk to Remember? And yeah. there's no King. dance in it whatsoever, as far as I can remember? She sings that they song. slow dance. Slow dance. That doesn't count. He does I get want, like at least a musical moment. Like, I want it's a very full choreography, one. full we <laughs> you can't stop the beat choreography in the middle of a walk to remember. That would have made it better for me. And she dies at the end of the number. Exactly. Of Rouge, so. But then, but she would have lived before she died. She would at last have lived for a moment. So uh, it should have been a uh, 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 dance to remember. I don't know something. God, I'm looking at the 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 press or uh, whatever the still from the trailer and walk to remember, and like half of these boys are wearing that uh, long sleeve, uh, sort of uh, long sleeve, not quite a Henley, but not not a, like pre Henley. You know what I'm talking about? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, where it's like one button that like that yeah. like uh, sweatshirt sweater combo that like everybody was wearing that like Freddie Prinze is wearing in every movie he ever did in the '90s. That thing, yeah. I owned several of them. I did not look nearly as good. <laughs> so there. Well, Can we talk about how the Yaya Sisterhood IMDb photos are definitely attached to the wrong movie because this is definitely supposed to be here for possession because it's a photo of Gwyneth Paltrow and Neil LeBute. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, what are we looking at? The photos on Yaya Sisterhood. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know, man. Sometimes I do want to talk about like the who showed up to the premiere for the movies that we talk about because sometimes it is very funny. Like, here's a photo of Jack Valenti, head of the MPAA. Boy, that whore! He would show up to everything. George Lopez. (laughs) Wait, yeah, George Lopez. It was 2002. George Lopez was there. 
Okay, I did actually just scan through the movie quickly because I was going to die if I didn't figure out what Sita's uh, play is called. And boy, is it absolutely called Dark Waters. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And there, it, the the image is just a, a martini glass that looks like it's in a, like a some sort of southern like lake formation. It's honestly what art is. And I actually take it back and she's absolutely getting a Tony. <laughs> Wait, Chris, now you've made me obsessed with looking who is at the premiere. So Caroline Ray, Danica Danica McKellar, Debbie Mazar, who is pregnant, like quite pregnant, actually, and wearing the craziest maternity outfit I've ever seen in my entire life. It's amazing. Debbie Mazar should be at every premiere. I think that's just science. These are the premiere photos from Dark Waters. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Debbie Mazar was like, I'm a Tony voter. Oh, and like Ashley Judd and her race car driving uh, husband or whatever. God, Ashley Judd looks so pretty in these. Go check them Ashley out, Judd, listeners. Pretty. Go check out the IMDb photos for uh, It's my for hot guys, take for the day. Ashley Judd, pretty. Ashley Judd, quite pretty. Yes. Quite yeah. pretty. Yeah. Good work going on there face-wise. She did a good job with that face. Exactly. Before we move into the IMDb game, what do we think we're putting on our Yaya? Uh, not helmets, but <laughs> I thought you were just gonna stop there. Crowns. What do we think? We're what are we putting on our, on our yayas? <laughs> Happy Pride! <laughs> put it on your yaya. Um, you better go put a... that on your yaya. Okay. Um, sorry. What was the rest? That's of actually it, a great question. Oh, our little like headdresses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, hmm. I don't. I don't feel called to to some the headdresses in that kind of manner. Uh, I guess it would have to be some sort of like dangly jewels. It would have to be something jewelly. Yeah, sure. But I guess like, in the way that that Sita had the Time Magazine banner on hers, I guess I would have to have like an Entertainment Weekly on mine with like my mm. preferred like five floating heads from a fall movie preview on there. Chris's would obviously just be the Mad That's Money. Brilliant poster (laughs) mine is just the mad money poster everything that's dangling yeah from my headdress is just dollar dollar bills bills. (laughs) perfect i would have like meryl's uh uh, dishwashing gloves from the hours uh sort of like amazing uh, fancily displayed sort of like the fingers so remember in beetlejuice how Catherine o'hara has the like opera gloves that are tied the glove as a as yes. like a head yes. wrap or whatever Amazing. and it's like a fashion statement that but with Meryl's powder blue uh uh dishwashing gloves from from the hours is what I would have yeah does anybody else remember in Beetlejuice how Rooney Mara is one of their house guests the woman <laughs> that looks like Rooney Mara so much. oh <laughs> she is that's she looks exactly like her. I was having this conversation today. She looks exactly like Rudy Mara, though. I'm never going to watch that scene again. That's amazing. Is that what we're calling your kind these days? Don't mind her. Somebody dropped a house on her sister. Um, what a great movie. All right. IMDb game? I think IMDb it's time. Game. Let's do it. All right. Joe, why don't you tell us what the IMDb game sure. is? Sure. Every week we end our episodes with the IMDb game, where we challenge each other with an actor or actress to try and guess the top four titles that IMDb says they are most known for. If any of those titles are television, voice-only performances, or non-acting credits, we mention that up front. After two wrong guesses, we get the remaining titles release years as a clue. And if that's not enough, it just becomes a free-for-all of hints. 
That's the IMDb game. Sure is. All right, so Christina, as our guest, you get the illustrious honor of deciding if you want to give or guess first and who you want to give or guess to slash from. I think I'm going to give first because I am uh, hashtag giving. And uh, I think I want to give to Chris. Why not? All right. Whom's do you have for me? Okay, so I genuinely couldn't believe this. And when I saw that this was a hole in your <laughs> IMDb game log, I checked. You're lucky if you can find them at this point. I know. I checked a trillion times. But you know who is? And I literally just checked again. Maggie Smith herself. Oh, wow. Uh, is I didn't a hole. Look. My guess is for a while it was all Harry Potter. That's my guess. That's probably why. Why she has been so um, rudely ignored, but I'm happy to report that it is not that now. So, okay, um, the dame herself, <laughs> Marigold Hotel, the first one, the yes. best one, I should say, the best one, not the second best one. Um, Gosford Park, mm-hmm. two for two. I am actually going to guess a Harry Potter and say the last Harry Potter. So Deathly no. Hallows Part Two. Damn. In that case, I think it's no Harry Potter. Wait, did you already say there was no Harry Potter? I said it wasn't all Harry Potter, but there, uh, oh, I will okay. agree that's, with you that's, that's saying that there because is I no Harry Potter. I was thinking I was about to be stupid and not have been paying enough attention. Um, no TV? No TV? Huh, do I think the Downton Abbey movie is there, though? And if you do, like, which one? Because there are famously two now. <laughs> there are now two of those. Um, Sister Act. No. Damn. Sadly. So now you get your years. Your years are 1985 and 2015. 85 is a room with a view. Bang on. Did you say 2015? I did. Okay, 2015. It's going to be post-Oscar nomination. Mid Harry, po- no, that's post Harry Potter, right? No, uh, I but no, it's post because it, Harry Potter ended in two thousand eleven. Okay, um, it's got to be the Lady in the Van. <laughs> it is the Lady in the Van, and that is why I picked it because I did forget entirely about that film, <laughs> <laughs> a movie that we haven't done yet, and we really need to. The thing is, we we have a couple uh, Maggie Smiths that we could do. Yes. we have to do the Marigold Hotel. We do. We should do the Cordit. You should do the Cordit. Yes. Nobody knows. This Nobody knows. Lady, the Lady in the Van poster is also quite good. Uh, oh God, yes. <laughs> She's just that's a van and that's a lady. I, I mean, get it. I, I <laughs> yep, you got me. What is this that's floating around? Oh, it's leaves. Leaves. It's because it's, it's... It's money. It's, it's You put it right <laughs> next to money. the Mad Money Buster, baby. In many circles, the lady in the van is actually Mad Money, too. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> too mad, too money. Yes. Uh, All right. Okay, well so done, that means... Joe, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so, Joe, for you, I went back looking... I thought we hadn't done Jenna Rollins. We had. We had. Then I found out because, uh, you know, the whole James Garner connection. Right. Married to James Garner in movies. But turns out she and Ellen Burstyn were nominated at the same time that Ellen Burstyn won for Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. So from that same Best Actress lineup, if you can believe, you little homosexual boy, <laughs> we have not done Faye Dunaway. 
Wow. <laughs> Two gay gasps. <laughs> My favorite homophobic woman. So she would have been nominated that year for Chinatown. Chinatown. Chinatown is one of my guesses. Chinatown is correct. Network is one of my guesses. Network. Her Oscar win is correct. Mommy Dearest. Mommy Dearest, much to her Ooh. chagrin, probably, <laughs> is correct. All right. Now, there's a very good chance that the fourth one of these is going to be real wild. Um, I'm trying to think of something like slightly more contemporary, perhaps. Huh. What were you up to in like the nineties, Faye, or even like the early two thousands? Um, what can I remember her from? She was in an episode of Alias. That probably doesn't count, but you know, there's no television. She, there's no. She television. was in that episode of Alias. She says game theory to Vincent Garber in that episode. <laughs> And I think about it not infrequently. She's like the head of an agency or something like that, right? Like all of a sudden she's she's. I mean, at charge. a certain point, who is the head 51% of the agency? She owns fifty-one percent of this agency. She, she owns fifty-one percent yeah. of this government. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Faye Dunaway. Um, I can't give you hints. No, I know. I want a perfect score. You want a perfect. Um. All right, maybe it is. If you get a perfect score, oh, I'm oh, sure oh, she'll oh, like oh. slap you in the face and call you. It's got to be Bonnie and Clyde. It's Bonnie. And yeah, Doy. Yeah, okay. All right. I was expecting perfect. it to be unwell, and it is, in fact, quite well. So good. To answer your previous question, in the '90s, she was busy being in Dunstan Checks. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't guess Dunstan Checks in when Bonnie and Clyde was out there. I would have felt <laughs> real bad about myself. <laughs> roasted absolutely oh that's my first perfect score in a while i'm happy all right congratulations buddy thank you all right christina (sighs) nervous as ever i i I searched i searched far and wide for a good one to give you i Mm -hmm. ultimately delved into the cali corey filmography we talked about her uh writing and uh, just writing she wrote uh, something to talk about for director Lasse mm-hmm. Hallstrom one uh, of- I was going to say mad money mad money no whammy <laughs> <laughs> uh one of the more uh, celebrated performances in that film was given by one Ms Kira Sedgwick whose Ooh. IMDb known for has one television show and three films okay well that television show simply must be the closer Emmy-winning performance as Brenda Lee Johnson in The Closer. Yes. Uh, And that is her one TV. Okay. That's good to know. Man, Kira Sedgwick. Yeah, they didn't include the uh, recently canceled ABC sitcom Call Your Mother. Not re- It wasn't canceled <laughs> recently, but it was her most recent TV credit. Call Your Mother. <gasps> Screaming um, that out of every window at Pride. <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. What has Kira Sedgwick been in? All right. There's no way this is on there, but I do just have to say it because when I think of Kira Sedgwick, the first thing I think of is What's Cooking, the 2000 film where she and Juliana Margulies are lesbians. What? And as it is Pride, I do have to say that aloud. Uh, it's not one of those, but that's fantastic. I'm looking that mm-hmm. up right now. Yeah. I do find oh my it God, homophobic, that however, that it's Wait. called... What's cooking, not hey, good looking, what you got cooking. Mercedes Rule looks so psychotic on the poster for what's cooking, I can't even deal with it. 
Wait, it's a it's. I'm gonna try to find it. Okay, a rather lunatic film, I'll say. Joan, um, <laughs> Joan Chen, Julieta Margulies, Mercedes Rule, Kira Sedgwick, Alfre Woodard. Not one of them looks like themselves on the poster for nope. this movie. That has a turkey. It's okay. Picture. All right. So this week I'm watching What's Cooking and Mad Money. They are both on freebie. Picture you're, those yeah, five women me the whole time through both. Those five women I have will. just shoved you into the back of an oven, and then into that oven they have placed a turkey, like a fully trussed up turkey, with a, 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 a cartoonish looking a stick, a di- couple sticks of dynamite shoved up its uh, cavity. Um, and they're all smiling. Mercedes Rule is looking very threatening right in your face and being like, yeah, motherfucker, <laughs> you're going to die. Like, that's that's what's happening. with Like a cooking. haunted painting or a photo of Jesus. Her eyes follow you around the room. Juliana Margulies is does not look like Juliana Margulies in this poster. Not at all. It is not. Everything all. is like fully like it's remember that uh, woman in Spain who airbrushed the, sure. the yes, portrait of exactly. Jesus so mm-hmm. much that it looked like a, a cartoon of like a snow owl or whatever. Like <laughs> that's what this is. It's the movie poster equivalent of that. The thing about the what's cooking poster is like, if you told me John Waters directed this just based on the poster, I'd be like, yeah, sure. That tracks like that could be a thing. There's a mm-hmm. weird stick of dynamite and I'm in an oven. That sounds right. My friends and I, for a while, would get together and we would sort of like do like a like Sunday in and we would try and find the worst possible movie to watch on like Redbox or something like that. And like, <laughs> not not saying that this is necessarily I don't want to demean this this movie, Christina, that you that you came to. But like, we would have absolutely chosen this just based on that poster. Like we would have gobbled this is this a Gurinder Chada film. I like I wish I could say like I remember it being bad or I remember it being good. I literally just remember them being gay and like that was all I got. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying if this is a good movie, this poster is lying to you then because this is yes. a poster for a bad movie. This is the uh, Milos Forman uh your your <laughs> your post your yeah. poster is a bad movie but this is a good this is movie. a good movie all right okay all right i still have to guess other things you do that, I'm, I'm so sorry incorrect i'm no, so sorry fine. um yeah one strike well, now what's cooking is something to talk about on there it is okay that does track that okay. really tracks okay um when i think of kira cedric of films what do i think of aside from juliana margulies um we're moving past that in the brain space i'll never uh, be past it and in many ways, I think <laughs> I won't either. <laughs> um, there was that scary. Was it scary? That scary movie? Oh, sh- was it that? Um, that <laughs> hello, like hello, guys. That scary movie. Why is no one saying I'm winning something? <laughs> like, why? Why am I not getting like absolutely slammed with applause right now? Uh, <laughs> is really deeply rude um no but that one (laughs) going back to it that one scary movie that she is in with um her ding dang husband kevin bacon what is that movie called it's like the 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 next to the next to the forest or oh you're so woods you're You're so close you're so close Fuck, it's, gonna... it's not like a horror movie, but like the subject of it. Ooh. it not the woods, um, but perhaps up. Oh, the woodsman. The woodsman. There you go. 
All right, Ooh, three out of five. Movie. Three out okay, of four. okay. So what we have really rather quickly reached is the end of my knowledge of Kira <laughs> Sedgwick movies. <laughs> um, something near the woods and something gay. Uh, it was kind of my big two. So in um, this one, if you would like a hint, I would love. I would simply love a hint. She's the love interest of a very big movie star who is sort of. Um, sort of supernaturally gifted in this film. Okay, that's certainly um something that people can do bravely. Uh, <laughs> I shan't uh sing you the very popular original song from this movie that uh I won't curse you by getting it an an earworm in your brain for the next few weeks. But it's like one of those annoying mid 90s songs from a movie also <laughs> the title that narrowed things down more the title shares its name with an unrelated uh ll cool j song that was like one of his like big hits i love y'all's hints they are so unwell <laughs> <laughs> Just like every time I listen to this podcast, like in some ways that's a hint, and in some ways that is more confusing. That is anti helpful, (laughs) right? Right, it's like another reference, it'll be that definitely helps us think about LL Cool J hits for sure. Um, yeah, I guys, I don't know, I'm gonna get this. I think I might be a three for three on this. I don't think I'm ever gonna find a movie that has an annoying song from the 90s and is also an LL Cool J song. Okay, so somebody had a major comeback in the 90s that included an Oscar nomination and this was like one of maybe two or three immediate follow-ups. He also might be a very famous Scientologist. Okay, so we're talking Travolta. Yeah. Yes. Oh, crap, that weird movie. Yep. This is how I think about movies. That weird movie. (laughs) That weird Um, movie. But it wasn't. It was. It's like um. Oh, it had a. It does have a dumb. Like it has like a what? Like a dumb one Eric name. Eric Clapton. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it is Eric Clapton. Okay. Um. God, directed not, by John Turtletub. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Um. It's it's not premonition, but it's close to it's that. Very You're close so to close. that. It's and same first and yeah. Last. It's I. Is it Phenomenon? It's Phenomenon. Yes. <gasps> you got Kira there. Kira Sedgwick, I've bested you, almost. We got you through it. I am going to be wow. angry on your behalf that Heart and Souls was not one of those four, because... I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. It should have been. But, you know, Man. we can't have everything. Have you seen Heart and Souls, Christina? I think, like, definitely, but not in a way that I was absolutely, like, paying attention. I feel like someone, like, had it on, and I was like, that is a movie that's on. And then I... And- <laughs> Like, did not pay absolutely attention. insane movie that yeah. is also probably 1000% going to make me cry anytime I watch it. Oh, I love to Yeah, know that's that. fair. I absolutely love that. Wow. Uh, I hope Kira's doing well. Yeah. Uh, guys, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Guys. Yeah, yeah. We went some <laughs> places with this discussion, man. I what expected nothing blast. less. Yeah, I always have the best time um, with y'all just uh, rambling about movies. We for love hours. having you on. Come back anytime. You Pick another movie away. about mothers and daughters and <laughs> come on by. 
Uh, I absolutely will. And it's always a pleasure. All Every right. time. Thank you. All right. That is our episode. If you want more of This Had Oscar Buzz, you can check out the Tumblr at thishadoscarbuzz.tumblr.com. You should also follow us on Twitter at had underscore Oscar underscore buzz. Christina, my friend, tell our listeners where they can find more of you. You can find more of me at twitter.com, the website. I am at C underscore Grace T. And my own podcast, Wait, Is This a Date? will be returning soon. So get excited. We're talking about dating. I'm not doing it bravely, but we're talking about it. And uh, it's going to be a good time, I think. All right. And Joe, where can our listeners find more of you and your Yaya? Oh, you know, my Yaya's uh, hanging out wherever uh, it, it, it feels like. God, I hate that sentence. Uh, Happy Pride. Twitter letterboxed <laughs> at Joe Reed. Reed spelled R-E-I-D. You can also find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Chris v. File. That's F-E-I-L. We would like to thank Kyle Cummings for his fantastic artwork and David Gonzalez and Gavin Mevius for their technical guidance. Please remember to rate, like, and review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever else you get your podcasts. Five-star review in particular really helps us out with Apple Podcast visibility. So put something nice in your own words instead of having Time Magazine twist them. That's all for this week. We hope you'll be back next week for more Buzz. Buzz. <laughs> 